From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad to welcome in Jim McCormick, who is the president and CEO of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. Mr. President, good day to you. <laughs> Hi, Bob. It's always so great to reconnect with you. It is. It's been it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but, and, uh, you know, but... it's it's just so wonderful to see uh, the Choral Society and Orchestra back in action. You know what? We, we hopefully, we've been praying hard. We hope to make it a regular season uh, as we come out of this. Uh, we, we miss each other. We miss making music. We miss our community um, and the beauty that we bring to the world. So we are really determined to have a, a good season ahead, Bob. Is this, the, what, three years since you've had a full season? <laughs> it's amazing when you think of it. You know, 36 months. Um, but uh, luckily our, our, our dedicated singers are still with us. Uh, we still have our fine orchestra. Uh, Donald Kendrick is with us, and our organist, Ryan Enright, accompanist. So the team is uh, ready to spring back into action. The dream team. <laughs> I love it, yeah. <laughs> the, the SESO dream team. Yes. Yeah. But it's going to be therapeutic to reconnect regularly, Bob. Oh, that's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And let's see, I saw you folks. When, when was that? That um, was May 14th. Uh, May 14th. Amazing that we mounted at the new Safe Credit Union Performing Arts Center. It's still resonating in my brain. That makes me happy. (laughs) Remember, Bob, we had a great crowd that night. Yes. I mean, you were a little bit worried because it's the first time back. Yes, exactly. And uh, I remember saying to my wife sitting next to me, I said, Jim was a little worried about the crowd. He didn't need to worry. Yeah, no, I mean, a little bit of prayer helps, as yes. you know. Yeah. Uh, but And the audience was such a warm audience, you may recall, Bob. Yes. I mean, they were with us every step of the way. And the large team that was on stage for the Verdi, 160 singers and 55 professional orchestra members, four professional soloists, I mean, it, it, was, it was such a wonderful effort to move ahead on with that amazing work. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And the Ukrainian national anthem brought oh the God. house down. You know what? I don't know if you could hear some Ukrainians near near you, but they mm-hmm. really did sing. Um, they did. You know, and of course we were baptizing the new acoustics, the brand new building, the Safe Credit Union Performing Arts Center, uh, and of course the new risers that we had just purchased. So it was quite a therapeutic celebration to have, to be back in the community, making live in person music once again. I loved how you worked baptism into the the, the, the Catholic radio. That was very, <laughs> very subtle and very good. Yeah, that's uh, good. Well, it meant a lot to us, and I'm so glad you and your wife were there. Yes. Oh, we had a wonderful, wonderful evening and connected with one of the former members of your choir who was an old friend. And yes. Just by yeah. chance. You know, yeah. He flew up from San Diego with his wife. Yes. So yeah. that, that was it. I mean, it really touches me that people would come that distance yeah. for one performance and head home. Yeah, know. yeah. So, so, what's up? What's what's on the agenda? Well, uh, Bob, you may recall that we normally launch our season <clears throat> with a separate concert called Stained Glass. Yes. And it normally has a sub theme, um, and so 
at the end of this month in October 22nd. Uh, we're offering the opening of our season uh, in a, a concert called War and Peace, uh, and it will be at Fremont Presbyterian Church, where we have the mother of all organ instruments, beautiful, beautiful organ at Fremont. Ryan Enright will be our accompanist, and we'll have our large chorus. Uh, and uh, we're, we're working with the Haydn Mass. Uh, Franz Joseph Haydn was a, a classical music composer, as you know, and he wrote six amazing masses. And this one's called Mass in Time of War. And it's also called the Pauken Mass. Pauken is uh, German for timpani, because throughout the entire Mass, you hear the rumbling of the timpani in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when Haydn wrote the Mass in 1796, good old Napoleon was wreaking havoc on most of Europe. <laughs> and he was nearing uh, Vienna. He was making his way to Vienna. So he actually named the piece after he wrote it, Mass in Time of War. Mm. Uh, And boy, I I guess uh, Napoleon, he hung in there till 1809, uh, and he uh, did wreak a lot of havoc on Europe, as you know. So this this Mass was written in uh, the Esterhazy family. They're a very rich family that kept commissioning Haydn, uh, and it was in Eisenstadt, and so the, the Mass itself, when it was written, was uh, premiered in Vienna, um, and it's one of his most uh, effective, well-known works. And oddly enough, the Choral Society's never performed it. Um, and it follows the uh, traditional sort of Catholic Mass, you know, the Kyrie and the Gloria and the Credo and the Sanctus, and the, but the soloists will offset the large chorus and our instrumentalist uh, with, you know, Ryan Enright, uh, we call him the Ten-Fingered Orchestra mm. on the organ. Um, it promises to be uh, make quite a statement for our return. So the concert itself is called War and Peace, because on the second half of the concert, we're featuring a work by an English composer who was also a broadcaster in Britain. Uh, it's called Eternal Light. Uh, the composer is Howard Goodall, and he wrote, uh, it was sort of like a requiem, but he, instead of honoring the person who died, Bob, he wanted to honor the living, the bereaved, mm-hmm. offer solace. Mm-hmm. And this reminds us of Brahms, because, you know, you were at the Verdi, and that is a little bit about uh, fire and brimstone. Remember the DS area where yes. your hair on the back of your neck raises? Um, but this work, Eternal Light, the requiem, it's not about fire and brimstone. It's about hope and solace. So in that regard, the work is quite a bit like Brahms' Requiem, or even uh, the Foray Requiem. Mm-hmm. So the two pieces, I think, really complement each other. Um, and uh, we have amazing soloists uh, for that piece. Uh, the Anne-Marie Endress soprano and Julie Miller will be back on our stage as mm-hmm. our mezzo. Uh, the tenor is Aaron Gallington. And Kurt Winterhalter from the Bay Area, San Francisco, is our base. Um, but I'm proud to say that that work, if you can imagine the combination of organ, also with piano. And Bob, you rarely have piano with organ. Mm-hmm. But he wrote it for organ and piano, and then he decided to add a heavenly flavor, and he added a harp. So there we are with Beverly Westner Hain, our harpist, 
Diana Murray on piano and Ryan Enright on organ. To the, um, so to it's the, a unique, it's a unique combination for in, accompanying the actual choir. I just imagine the pianist and the organist getting into a duel. <laughs> uh, something tells me the organist might win. I think so. <laughs> With that 36, 36-foot bombard that can vibrate the church out of its foundation. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, when you think of heaven... Because um, at one point, we're going to start the concert, Bob, with a small piece uh, called Classic Aria. And it's written only for harp and organ. And I can't think of a more heavenly combination of instruments. Because when I think of the music of heaven, I think of harp and organ. Mm-hmm. So we'll start the concert with a six-minute piece. And then we'll probably move into the Eternal Light uh, the, by, by Goodall. And it's, it's, it's really quite uh, coincidental coincidental that he's an English composer. He's written a piece called Eternal Light. And in the program book, we will probably honor Queen Elizabeth because of the connection of Eternal Light and, the, and her track record with us, uh, the steady hand that she offered. You know, But I do want to emphasize that Goodall, the composer, he wanted the work to, to offer hope for the living uh, and not uh, like a regular uh, mass where mm-hmm. everything's about damnation uh, and suffering. So uh, this is a, this will be a refreshing change. You bring up the Queen, um, the late Queen. Uh, have you have you performed in in the UK? Uh, we performed. Oh my gosh, Bob! In 2015, we had the privilege of performing in beautiful St Paul's Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Uh, built in 1798. That's the modern one by Christopher Wren. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we performed there. And the acoustics are so amazing that I think the concert is probably still going on. <laughs> you know? But in a way, we thought of the Queen because, you know, we were close by. Uh, and the music that we performed was Gregorian chant and Renaissance classical music that she would have enjoyed, you know. And then, Bob, if you hearken back to our Downton Abbey concert in 2017, we did music that was featured at the coronation. You know, I was glad when they said unto me, I vow to thee, my country. Um, uh, Just beautiful English music. It doesn't get any better, as you know. Yeah. Oh, how wonderful. Well, it's so, so good to... Are you going to have the uh, Christmas concert? Yes. In fact, I hope to come on your show and provide excellent detail about that. And we're only now getting tickets on sale uh, early next week. And we'll be back at Memorial Auditorium for that, Bob. And we'll only have one performance, a 2 p.m. matinee on December mm-hmm. 10th. December 10th, okay. Yeah, so we'll have tickets available online, uh, hopefully by Monday the 26th of September. But uh, we, uh, we always appreciate the connection with Catholic Radio, Bob. Well, we, uh, we're, we're big on Santa Claus. <laughs> well, that will be a moving experience because that will have been three years also since That's we've done right. that concert. And, you know, the Grinch did steal Christmas 20 and 21, but the son of a gun, we're not allowing him to steal Christmas 2022. You may have to ban the Grinch from the event. <laughs> I'm going to bar the doors and watch for him. I'll hire extra security. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was one of the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will feature the puppets again. We're going mm-hmm. to have Chris Cook and the puppets, and we have this amazing tenor, uh, uh, operatic tenor, uh, Salvatore Atti. He'll be our headliner uh, with a large chorus. So, how far out are you bringing you know singers in from all over the country? 
how far out do you have to connect um, with them and, and get them the material and, and all Yeah, that? good for you. Well, we try to engage them at least 16 months ahead of time. Wow. But when like, we send them the music, and we can send the music as late as three weeks before the rehearsal, mm-hmm. but it's, it's better to give them six weeks just because they're, they're, they have so many other shows they're doing right. that it's good that they can take it along with them on the airplane, you know. And um, but one yeah, rehearsal? To, to get quality sort of us who are under management, you, you can't do it at the last moment. Yeah. And they come out and they rehearse once? Uh, so, yeah, on a given uh, series of services that we offer, um, on a Friday afternoon, they will meet with conductor Donald Kendrick and the orchestra, no chorus. Then Friday night, they'll have the chorus with the soloists and orchestra. And then normally there's a Saturday afternoon dress rehearsal with all the forces present. And then they lay it down. So they get sort of three services to sort of mm-hmm. get acquainted with the tempi and the actual mood of each piece with Don. Um, so, it, 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 but it's a joy to work with professionals, Bob. Uh, the the quality and the, you just raised the bar. I I just remember the 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 Verdi Requiem and the yeah. the people you brought in there, and I'm going. Uh, have they been rehearsing for months oh, with yeah, you guys? Good for you. Yeah, no, they they were on that stage three times briefly uh, before that that Saturday evening concert. That's and, uh, remarkable. And, and Bob, before I forget, if people do come to our uh, stained glass concert on October 22nd, the easiest way to get tickets is to buy them online on our website, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll pay the same price uh, uh, online as they would at the box office. Um, so, uh, but the good news is there's free parking next door at the Scottish Rite Temple. Right. Um, so it's at Fremont Presbyterian Church at 5770 Carlson. And across the street is this huge parking lot. So was it ever nice that you don't have to fight for parking yes. or pay the heavy fee? Yes. yes. So what, what website should they go to? Oh, good. Sacramento Coral, C-H-O-R-A-L dot O-R-G. It's, it's a good thing because otherwise you'll, maybe you'll buy something on a coral reef or something yeah, if you don't exactly. spell it right. <laughs> Melancholy baby. <laughs> you now one, own one acre of the coral reef. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sometimes we get mail with the word coral, C-O-R-A-L, I smile. I think, oh, boy, you know. But it's so so great to have our people back again, Bob. Uh, we're rehearsing now on Monday nights regularly, and, um, you know, it, it, it's been a real joy to see uh, the, the experience, the, the look on their faces when they get to sing this repertoire. Yeah, well, we we cannot wait. I know a lot of your fans can't wait, and a lot of our listeners can't wait. So thanks so much for all you do, and thanks for thanks for taking the time to be with us. We we'll look we'll look forward to you coming in here in person with some uh, music under your arm. I'll make that happen in the near future, Bob. And thanks for your support over these many years. Uh, we absolutely. appreciate Catholic Radio and the Bishop's Hour. Oh, thanks so much. It's been a joy. Thanks, thanks, Jim. We'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Be well. Take that's, care. Bye-bye. That's uh, Jim McCormick, the president and CEO of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra, and we're so lucky to have them here in the Sacramento region for so long. Uh, we'll take a quick break, back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. 
They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Deacon Kevin, and thanks for that wonderful introduction and for all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. The Red Mass is coming up on Wednesday November the 2nd, the Red Mass is traditional gathering of members of the legal profession and elected and appointed officials to invoke the aid of the Spirit of God in their deliberations for the year to come. Attorneys, judges, elected and appointed officials, and all those working in the legal system or involved in the process of government in the five-county Sacramento region are invited to attend the Mass Wednesday, November 2nd, 5.15 p.m. at the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament. 1017 11th Street. I think most people know where it is. Uh, the principal celebrant, of course, will be Bishop Jaime Soto. And the St. Thomas More Award recipient will be the Honorable Stephen M. Basha, who is retired from the Yolo, but he's still very active as a, as a visiting judge, a Yolo Superior Court judge. The Mass is followed by the 15th Annual Bench and Bar Award Dinner with presentation of the St. Thomas More Award at the Sutter Club, which is at 1229th Street here in Sacramento. To learn more about it, go to scd.org backslash red mass, all one word. Well, we're pleased to welcome in Denise Easter. Uh, Denise, good to hear your voice. Well, it's good to hear yours too, Bob. It's been a long time, so... But it's always nice to hear your voice. Well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, A lot happening at Easter's? Well, you know, we no longer um, have the store. We have given it to our volunteers. Um, We have been, um, we we just, Sandy and I got too old for both pieces. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're very blessed to uh, give it to our our longtime volunteers. And, um, and of course, my niece, Sandy's daughter, who's running it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, but we are still, I'm still running the nonprofit 
uh, classes, the Faith Formation Center. Right. So uh, that does keep me busy. And, we, you know, we've been, if you can believe this, we've been doing classes for, since 2011. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, That's amazing. It's, it is amazing to me, too, that we have continued this this long. But there's always wonderful um, things to study in our faith or things to just be enlightened by. Yeah. So um, we feel very um, very blessed to be, be doing that. Um, right now we've got Anna Ramirez Palmer, who's uh, continuing the Great Adventure Bible Study. We're almost finished with the big overview. And, you know, I... I don't know, um, there's not a lot of um, places where you can go and actually uh, see that Bible study happening. I've got them all on YouTube, so people can go in at any time and actually watch the Zooms. And um, the, the, the wonderful thing about Anna is that, you know, she's got a, a certificate in Judaic studies, so she always enhances the already wonderful commentary that uh, Jeff Cavins does. But we do a little um, uh, conversation afterwards or before, and she always has something that will in, in just enhance your Bible studies. So um, we should be finishing up that one at the end of the year, and then in January we're going to begin Hebrews. So, and this is on Zoom, so um, anybody can log in and participate, or they can watch it on YouTube after the, the fact, so. Very good. Yeah. yeah you, you know, it, does, it doesn't matter how many times I open the good book and read something that maybe I've read before or heard before in Mass and find something different from it. Not, not not contradictory, like, oh, I don't remember, you know, like, that, that's not how I remember it, but something yeah. something new or something uh, uh, something that adds to it that yeah. makes it deeper. And, I, I, well, it's inspired by God, so I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that's his way. Um, you know, just today we were doing, um, we were talking about the, the garrisons and how the pigs were, were you know, rush, rushed down into the water and they died. Well, the demons, they don't die. So the next line is, of course, the Gerasenes were angry, and they were fearful. And you wonder, I, we, we started talking about that. Were they fearful because they knew the demons would then be out in their community? Because we've always thought, I've already always focused on the fact that, well, they lost their economic, uh, economic um, prosperity. Yeah. So, but... You you don't think about the fact that now those demons are loosed loosed in their particular area, so it, it's just another avenue, another thought. So, like you say, there's always something new in the scriptures. Yeah, every time I read about Martha and Mary, I go, oh, hmm, that's a different look, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then um, we have um, we've just begun with uh, Father Pepka reading Father Elijah and Apocalypse. This mm -hmm. is the book by Michael O'Brien, and it's been out for over 20 years now, but it is still such an incredible novel. This is part of our literature series. Over the years, we've read, with uh, John Hamlin, we've read, I mean, just a plethora of books from 
Anna Karenina to uh, The Kiss of the Leopard to The Lord of the World, and um, there's a whole list of them on our website that we've read together. But we've just started Father Elijah, <clears throat> and this is a, a fictional story, but it's also very relevant to today. Uh, I, are you familiar with the book? Um, yeah. 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 So it's it's kind of interesting because it talks about the end times and the Antichrist. And Father Elijah is a convert from Judaism, and he is set out to discover if this truly is the Antichrist. And it's, it's a pretty compelling story. So, But there's also some wonderful interior um, direction in it, as all Michael O'Brien books seem mm -hmm. to have. Um, one of the interesting things that I was just uh, pondering was the fact that he talks about how things turn into chaos and how it really only takes a couple of generations for people to completely forget what the church teaches and mm. the truth of the gospel. And I think that's very important and very powerful, especially with where we are today. Um, it's a reminder of how fast things can uh, devolve. And yet God is still there. He's here in the midst. And each one of us is called to a particular duty. Uh, a, a, and, and, and we're all made for this time. So um, it's really a very... Uh, uh, enticing and and uh i guess it's a book that really puts us all on the edge for learning more about our faith so that we can pass it on properly yeah we are you know we are all made for this time you know people sometimes uh you know they they worry about what age they are or where you know whether it's they think they're too young they think they're too old they wish they were a different age and and i always i always look at people and say i was born on the day that God wanted me to be born. Who am Perfect. I to argue with God? Perfect. You know, like mm -hmm. this, this is uh, the day he, he, he wanted me to, to still be here. And the day I was born is the day he wanted me to be born. Um, it, uh, so his, he has the perfect choice. So he picked mm -hmm. the perfect day. He didn't just pick, oh, just let's see, pull a pull a date out of the hat and see when Bob will be born, or see when Sandy will be born, or see when Denise will be born. No, yeah, no, uh, no. <laughs> he, he picked that date for you specifically. That's right. And and by the same token, he knows. I believe this is one of the little things I believe. I don't know that this is theologically correct or not, but <laughs> I believe that that each one of us is called at the most opportune time that we'll say yes to him, mm -hmm. you know, when, when it's time for us to die. Mm -hmm. Because we, we've all got work to do. Every single one of us has work to do. And it may be hard to find. It may be nothing more than just being the good wife or the good husband or the good daughter or son or, you know, neighbor, whatever it is. But each one of us has a, a beautiful job that, only we can do individually. So, um, and I, I just think that, you know, his timing is something that we can't rush and we can't, um, we can't really question. 
why was I born now? Why am I, you know, it, it's just, it's beautiful. His plan is perfect. Yeah, you, you can't, you, you don't want to argue with it. You say, oh, well, why didn't you have me born? You know, somebody will say, oh, you would have, you'd have been a good cowboy in the 1800s. You know, <laughs> well, maybe no. so, maybe not. But uh, that's, that apparently not when, uh, that wasn't what God's plan was. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and that's why I'm so glad that he's God and I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, in, in light of that, learning, you know, about our faith and the, and the truths and the actual doctrine that um, we have been blessed with in our Catholic faith, we're, we're continuing to go through the Catechism of the, Catholic Truth, uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church in detail with John Hamlin. And we are, in the, um, we are in the section on the human person, which is so interesting. You know, it's funny. I remember buying, when this catechism came out, I think it was like 90-whatever, 94, 95, something like that. Um, I remember so clearly uh, going in and ordering it at the little Catholic store on Fair Oaks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then we heard that, well, this is not for the laity. This is, you know, this is not to be used by the lady. And I've always pondered that and thought, my gosh, why not? It is so rich. There is, I mean, everything you could ask about our church is really, um, it's discussed, it is explained, and it's, it's very readable as far as I'm concerned. So I've been through the catechism many, many times. Mm-hmm. But this this time, going through this with John, um, we are just digging deep into it, and it's it's very exciting. So yeah, I love the I love the catechism because of its how explanatory it is. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh, you know it it's great it's great to uh, say okay here here is here is the belief, but it's so much better when it's here's the belief and here's the why right and here's the scripture site and here's what uh, thomas aquinas said about it or jp2 said about it Mm -hmm. or you know um yeah it's just where we got this you know in the in the history where you know i mean it even goes through the virtues and it takes you through and, and the other thing about it which i think is is something that a lot of people miss is that you could actually do a Bible study with it. The entire scriptures are referenced in the back. So oh yeah, you can, you absolutely. Know, go back and forth, and and it's just it's just such a beautiful document. And I don't know how many churches lay themselves open as we do. I, I wonder that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all there. There are no secrets. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's it's. Uh, um, it's just, it's, it's such a beautiful book and it is, it, and it's, it's wonderful when you're, when you're talking to, uh, people who don't share the faith or maybe they're interested in the faith or maybe they're from a, a different faith and you, you can, and you, you can pull it out and, and say, and it's not like, well, here's somebody's opinion about that. No, this is, <laughs> this is official church teaching. 
about yes, that or about exactly. this. And pe- somebody asks you about confession or, or uh, the, the real presence or the death penalty or anything. Um, right. And why, why, is the, why is the church so dead set against abortion? Why, why is the church this? Why is the church that? Um, it's just it's all laid out now you, you you can accept it or reject it or or you know say and it's all laid out both as to why but then the scriptural references and right uh, in the, and and how back in history it went right. those documents where they came from and you know you could eventually if you choose look those documents up on the Vatican website because they're all there but it is it, like you're saying it's um, it's reinforcing what we believe, and I actually remember a, a couple of situations where non-believers would come in and they say, I've heard about this book. They buy the book, and before it's over with, they're interested in coming into the church mm-hmm. because it's all laid out right there. Mm-hmm. And um, you, can't, you can't really, when you look historically, you cannot dispute the fact that the church has remained consistent for 2,000 years yeah, when and, you read this. And, it's beautiful. And no historian can dispute that the church that Jesus Christ founded is the Catholic Church. Yeah. I mean, no, exactly. nobody can dispute that. And, and you know, so many converts have told me, well, I mean, the, many of them told me that the real— uh, attraction for them or the final step was the Eucharist but frequently especially among scholars who have who have uh, converted it's they started studying and started going back well where did this come from where did this come from and pretty mm-hmm. soon they, they go far enough back and they go wait a minute the, yeah, exactly. wait a minute this is the Catholic Church and uh, I mean I mean my, my wife and I have had that discussion many times when you know, I mean, we've we've had our the, the church has had its problems in the last couple of decades with you know with the the sex abuse scandal and et cetera, and and you go okay yeah that's that's bad stuff there's no question about it, but this remains the church that Jesus Christ founded you know right and right. Uh, any other and, and why why would Jesus found this church and then let it die. Or let it um, completely go off the rails. Yeah. Um, you know, isn't going to happen. And, and that's, that's the beauty of it, recognizing that, yeah, those of us that are in this church, we have our flaws, we have our failures, our sins. But that does not negate the fact that the church is present and has been present for 2,000 years in spite of of our failures. Yeah, any man-made institution would have failed by now. Oh, golly, absolutely. Period. It would have been rejected and 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 I mean, we we faced a lot of persecution. We mm-hmm. made a lot of mistakes on our own. Right. We, we even did some persecuting. And, yes. And uh, um and uh, yet here we are. If it was a man-made institution, it would have dissolved. Yes, again, it, yes, it, it verifies the fact that this was, yeah. is an institution created by God and, and kept alive by the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, but it is, it is, uh, 
I, I remember interviewing somebody just years ago, a real sincere uh, Christian man, a, a, a pastor, a minister somewhere, and and I, f- I forget why he he had been in the news for something something good. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about your church, you know, and, and uh, I, I, think, I think he was from Detroit. And he said, I said, when, when, what's the background of your church? And he said, oh, I can tell you, the day it was founded, February 15th, 17, uh, 1987 <laughs> in my basement in Detroit. And I went, oh, you know, and I, I mean, good for you. But, I mean, it was like, and, and I don't say it with any disrespect, but it was like, Wow. Yeah. My my church was, and I didn't say this to him to his face, but you know, it was because we were we had him on for a good reason, and I wasn't going to start bashing religions back and forth. No, and, but no. it was it was whatever issue it was, he was on our side on the issue. You yeah, know? <laughs> and it was one of the issues of the day, you know, and 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 yet, and I thought, wow, my church was founded two thousand years ago. By God. <laughs> yeah, it, it is rather interesting when you start looking at um, how many churches have been uh, established within the last hundred years and maybe even 200 years. And many of them by very sincere good people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there's not a doubt. I mean, I, I, I'm amazed sometimes. I have a daughter-in-law who's in a little non-denominational, and she is so in love with our Lord. It's a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of, you know, helping her to, to, to maintain her the beauty of the gifts that she's been given and see that it can be filled, fulfilled mm-hmm. in the church. So... And I'm not the one that's going to do that. That's going to be the Holy Spirit because yep. I don't have the words for that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's it, no, it's it's uh, we're uh, we're lucky to have it, Denise. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, there's a lot going on. Um, we are very fortunate to you know have as many participants as we have. The the pandemic kind of made things difficult, but we met in the park in Roseville and continued the classes as best we could. Then we were able to establish Zoom for several of the classes, and, and some people have continued on the Zoom. They just love it because they don't have to spend the gas going, you yeah. know. Um, so, and then, and now, of course, we're back at Easter's uh, for the catechism class and for the uh, Father Elijah those are on Mondays. The first and the second and the fourth Monday are the catechism classes on Mondays from 10 to noon. The uh, Father Elijah is the first Monday of the month from 1 to 3, and the third Monday of the month from 10 to noon. And then the Bible study is always Zoomed. It is not in a location, and it is the second and fourth Saturdays from 10 to noon. That's with Anna. But um, we just continue to, to do what, you know, hopefully what uh, in, inspires people and, and leads them to a deeper union and a deeper love of Christ. So that's what we're, what we're working on. It's all good stuff. What? And always, always we recognize 
the um, the need for more of these kind of situations, of these kind of classes. People need to be inspired. They need to be drawn into the into the um, faith. It's so easy to get lost after Sunday Mass. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's so good to talk with you, and uh, um, thanks, thanks for all you do. Thanks for all those great classes. I know that you're, you're really helping a lot of people. Well, if anyone's interested, they can find us on the web at eastersfaithformation.org. Uh, you could also call the store at 916-338-7272. They can give you information. And we just uh, have the door open all the time for you. So God bless you. Thank you, Bob, for, <laughs> for your interest. I appreciate it. Absolutely. God bless you and everybody there. And uh, we'll look forward to our paths crossing again soon. Okay. Hey, thanks have so a much. Good one. Yeah, take okay. care. That's uh, uh, yeah, Denise from Easter's, and, and you can look them up and and and, and do do some of their Bible study. Bible studies, that's always interesting, and it's always intellectually challenging. It's it's always and it's always very inspiring. The uh, the <coughs> Miriam San Martino, who's the uh, head of Catholic Charities and Social Concerns here at the Diocese of Sacramento, sent out this. Uh, it is with great joy to announce that get on the bus will be having their bus stop at the Pastoral Center here on Saturday, October 15th at, you better sit down, 2 a.m. Yes, 2 in the morning. Get on the Bus was founded in 1999 by, uh, by Sister Suzanne Jabro. The program arranges free transportation for hundreds of children and caregivers to be united and share a special four-hour visit with their loved one in prison from cities all over the state of California. You you could be incarcerated in Southern California, and yet maybe your family lives in Northern California. And uh, really hard, uh, so many of the families are poor. Um, so many of them don't have the opportunity to, uh, to visit the prisons. The mission is to get on the bus, mission is to unite children with their mothers and fathers in prison. The objective could only be made possible through the generosity of volunteers who have a heart for this restorative justice ministry. Your time and dedication to this program impacts the lives of the participating families in our community. You can uh, consider donating items to help support with hospitality, a travel bag for each child and caregiver, snacks for the bus. Uh, If you're interested in supporting this ministry by donating items for travel bags or completed travel bags, Contact Laura Rios. Laura is at 916-733-0253, or you can email her at lrios, L-R-L-R-I-O-S, at scd.org for a complete list of items and to to arrange uh, drop-off donations. Um, Volunteers are needed uh, to provide safe locations to serve as bus stops during the trips serving meals to families who are traveling, collecting teddy bear donations for children traveling, providing travel bags for families traveling, collect USPS stamps in a drive for families, backpack and school supply drive, collecting monetary donations to fund a bus, and more. So it's really, uh, really, really good stuff. Um, but we'll, we'll be hearing more about it as, as that date approaches. Gabe? Two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Two in the morning. Two in the morning. But these these kids mm-hmm. are coming from all over the state. Yep. And they may be going. There's there's prisons all up and down the state. Mm-hmm. And 
um, don't know in, in terms of sentencing how much sentencing is done with regard for can a family visit can a family not visit in terms of location i, I don't think I, they I don't do think it factors in very no. much it's uh, more population uh how much population is at the prison and what if it's a maximum minimum yeah because uh, there are various kinds of prisons yeah and, yeah and and the, the housing restrictions what it is that you have been incarcerated for pretty much dictates where you're going to go yeah like some of the <clears throat> more serious crimes go to san quentin and mm -hmm. pelican bay and those places right and, so yeah. and, and pelican bay is way up north and san quentin down in marin county and mm -hmm. uh you, you and you may you may live in imperial county or you may live in in modoc county and it just and and so important both for the family but also for the person who's incarcerated to, mm -hmm. to keep that connection with family mm -hmm. uh, we had uh, Judge Stephen uh, Basha on uh, another time and uh, he talked very much about uh, most people are going to get back out you know, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, you you do want them to have some resources when they get out, so that uh, yeah they don't uh, reoffend. Well, and like I mean, as you can imagine, being a dad, if you let's say you know you were you were in jail for some reason, in prison for some reason for an extended amount of time, and you missed so much of the up, the yep. growing up of your child, right? The and uh, they've missed it too, right? They've missed it too, and and you know the idea that. You come out, and then let's say you're in for ten years, and there's this eleven-year-old who doesn't really know you, and you're a complete stranger. Yeah, and you're trying to get your life together with a job, and and right. and not you know reoffend right. all these different things, and you would hope that things like this can help keep that bond to where they're looking forward to you getting out. You've right. had a, a very small amount of a relationship with them that you can have but given the situation. Real in their mind. Yeah, you're real in their mind and they're looking forward to you coming out. Right. They're not scared of this new man right. who's going to be living in the house that they don't right. really remember. You know, all these different things. Yeah, it, it's very important and that mixed with like you had talked to the judge about with um, the uh, the um, um, What's it called? The, the thing we do with Rabbi Seth, um, uh, the Exodus the Exodus Project. Project. It, it's very important because there's so many things. It's like, it, it's funny because you hear people talk about a lot of these programs, and you know, it's not a political thing. It's like a lot of some people just don't want criminals to have any, for lack of a better term, advantages when they come out because mm -hmm. they think that they are now a criminal. And it's like, well, no. The point of the justice system is to rehabilitate people to well, and, and you to, know. to make society safer right you know, so, so you're, you're separating people who have committed crimes right to, to to make society safer but unless unless they are serving life sentence without possibility of parole probably i, I don't know the figures probably 98 or even higher percent have a sentence that will at some point allow them to get out of prison right and if if they have not been rehabilitated in some way or have that ability to be integrated through a, a, their own or through a program like the Exodus Project or, mm -hmm. or various other things that are offered in prisons, they reoffend. Right. Well, and you go, okay, reoffend, so back into the slammer. That's that's great. But when you reoffend, you've just hurt somebody else. Right. You've maybe physically hurt them. Right. Mentally hurt them, financially hurt them. Well, 
And and those kids were just talking about that they are looking forward to this person getting out of jail because they're now going to have this father figure, and they're set up in a situation where they have no help coming from somewhere like the Exodus Project or all the other charities that do help people. Right. If they're not plugged into that and they don't have that sense of family and that sense of of community around them, now they're going to reoffend, and then that child is going to be that much further down that road of having that person in their life and who knows the mental toll that takes on those kids because you know i'm saying kid like there's one but there could be multiple and who knows the toll that takes on that where, where you know police are coming to your house at night and taking dad away or mom away and yeah there's 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 a reason they're doing it but it's like that doesn't that ends up setting up a lot of people to to follow in those footsteps of their parents kids always do Right. And it's and it, you know and it's one of those things where I think it, like you were saying with the judge, if we stop the the circ the cycle where it when they get out and you give them every resource to help. I mean, the judge said some people you just can't, but for the most part, people who do statistically show that they do better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, years ago when I had a nighttime talk show on uh, KFBK here in Sacramento, uh, you have you have a number of sponsors. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, ads drive radio and and sometimes as a host you would actually do a live read of an ad right yeah and, yeah and um when if if that was part of your job they they, they didn't require it but they they'd, they'd like it if you would meet the advertiser mm-hmm. go out and see who they are and and what they do you know and one of the advertisers of my show was a place called larry's comfort shoes and you know they've they made orthotics and uh, you know it was a, like a custom you'd go out there and you know if you had foot problems uh, like the good feet it, like the good feet store yeah, yeah. and and the uh, and I remember going out there and meeting Larry and he said that um, he made it a point to hire people who had been incarcerated. I mean they learned how to make shoes there. Yeah, at least he used to. Yeah, yeah, and it was like by golly he. He felt as as a Christian, he felt that was his duty. It's fantastic to to help these people get back on their feet. You it's know, fantastic. I mean, and you, you go, wow, that's you know, I mean, he's he's quote unquote risking his business. And he didn't make a big he didn't make a big deal of it, yeah. but um, he he led on to me that 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 was the case, and and I just I thought I thought that was really really fantastic. Now the Good Feet is a great name. And they provide a wonderful service, but ten of ten times I will buy my shoes from a guy named Larry's Foot. What was it called? Larry's, Larry's Comfort. Shoes. Larry's Comfort Shoes. I will yeah, buy yeah. Larry's Comfort <laughs> Shoes ten out of ten times. Yeah. I mean that's that's just a great name, and the fact that his name really is Larry. You know, these ones like yeah. you know, and Steve. Oh yeah, yeah Steve was yeah. my granddad. I named after yeah. this is Larry. That's, that's great. I love that. Yeah. When you did those reads, this is totally off subject. When you did those reads, did you ever do one? Um, and then you kind of fig- found out that because there's that one famously that uh, I think it was Howard Stern had done where he read a thing about how he loved this one department store. And oh, then yeah. it turns out it was the grand opening because he couldn't find oh, the yeah, copy. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah, made yeah. it up. Did I you ever have anything like that? There. I go there all the time. Yeah. Did you ever have one like that when you read? No. I do remember, though, um, at uh, Christmas time, the the Macy's in downtown Sacramento, downtown, mm-hmm. by, you know, the old right, right tenth, by, the, by the arena. Now. Yeah, the old K Street Mall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By, by Golden One. Um, they had like a, uh, it was almost like Miracle on 34th Street, <laughs> the Macy's and Gimbel's. Uh, but at Christmas time, they had this one big window that faced the street. And this is long before the arena. And huge window that faced the street. 
and all decorated and stuff. I think they probably had a Santa sleigh in there and that, yeah. that kind of stuff. And the kind that the little kids would press their nose against <laughs> the window. And, yeah. And so for whatever reason, KFBK decided that, I mean, that Macy's was one of the sponsors. And so that we would do a show down there inside oh, okay. that oh, wow. window. <laughs> you're like in you a fishbowl. Like Santa Claus or somebody. <laughs> and and I, I remember... And, but you're just sitting there with a microphone. Maybe occasionally you bring a guest in, but usually it wasn't guest-driven, it was caller-driven. The know. full glamour of radio yeah, on display, you'd, right? <laughs> you'd be sitting there, and your producer would be kind of in the corner doing, you know, answering the phone and, and, and uh, screening callers and putting them up. And you're, you're pre- and and so you're – but it's, it's, it's like being – almost like it was being televised. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you took a sip of – of water everybody's seeing you take a sip of water <laughs> and there was nothing we were doing to entertain the crowd yeah we weren't you're just doing your show you're just doing the show yeah you know it was and i don't think people thought it out very well you know and it was so <laughs> awkward and you'd see you'd see the little kids say mommy why is that man in there did he do something bad <laughs> you know, he doesn't like, look like santa he doesn't yeah. look like santa and it, it was just it was it was I mean, so awkward. And then, and then another time they. Uh, the way the radio business is, I'm glad they didn't make you dress up like an elf. Oh, yeah. Because you know that they, somebody probably pitched that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, another, go ahead. Another time they, they had an event. I think it was sponsored by the sheriffs. Okay. And it was uh, a, like a, at a sheriff's substation. And it mm-hmm. was a chance to come out and meet the sheriff and meet some of the deputies and, and all that. And, but, and, and so I would be introducing them, and, and that was part of the show. Mm hmm. And but it was in a, it was outdoors, almost probably in a parking lot, maybe at a, at a sheriff's office, and and a lot of you know folding chairs set up for people to actually sit and watch, and and uh, and people hear your voice, they've mm. never seen your face, yeah, and I remember this woman coming up to me afterwards, and she said, "Where's Bob Dunning?" And I said, "I'm Bob Dunning." And she says, "No, you're not," because you know, the yeah. the voice didn't match her right. vision of the face. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah. I, and it's a little a little extra added piece to that. I could tell she was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was obvious. <laughs> you know? I listen to a lot of books on tape because I don't have a lot of time to sit and read. And it's funny because I'll look up the authors. It's written by the author or read by the author. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I'll listen to it for a while. And you kind of get to know the, the, the voice. Because some of these books can be like 15, 20 hours long. And you go you know, Google the author and you're like, really? That's what you look like. That's weird. Yeah, like, it's, it's funny how you get the yeah. mind's eye going and it's not what you think. Well, yeah, because you do. You, you imagine. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to radio all my life. And, and you, you imagine what this person it, 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 I guess it's just automatic in your brain. It's not like, I wonder what he looks like. It's just like you've already yeah. conjured up, yeah. whether it's a man or a woman, what, what they look like based on their voice. And there's no there's no rule about voices and, and looks. They, right, no. They, they have no relation to one no. another. Didn't in the 50s and 60s, like the old um, oh, Wolfman Jack and those those stations, those little small small town stations, they used to have them on the main strip of, of towns. Oh yeah, and you could you oh, could Wolfman look. Jack was out in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> but you could like look in 
on those like like in American Graffiti they kind of showed that with Wolfman but like right. there were, there used to be those little those little stations that were like well, there's still one down in the Half Moon Bay there's like a little station mm-hmm. and it's in a house and you can walk by and see the DJ well, doing their little, thing little house on not little house on the prairie who's the guy uh, um, uh, Prairie Home Companion oh yeah um, uh, um, Garrison Keeler Garrison Keeler I mean, he had a live show with an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they would actually yeah, televise like it. Like a variety show. Yeah, they would. Well, as I got bigger, they would tell it because they would get like actual like celebrities to do the yeah, voices exactly. and things like that. Yeah, but it's interesting how it's gone from those little houses to large studios, and now like you went to the Sirius Satellite when you used to work there. The you know the giant high rise that they have with every floor has got a different genre of music or talk, exactly. and exactly. it's interesting how like we talked about this a couple like about a week or so ago about the the um, progression of of uh, technology. And it's the same with radio. It's gone to that. You know I mean? It used to be that I had to, you know, plug in the old, old producer to plug in one line to another, like an operator. Now I just write who's on the who's on what line well, and you push it, a button. People like Rush, Rush Limbaugh went from being just a voice right. to actually televising. A personality. A person. But, but you, could, you could watch him on the radio. Which is so interesting that people love that. Yeah, and... and I just think it's odd. People watch a three-hour podcast of people sitting and talking, yeah. and people love it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's more interesting to watch it than it is to listen to it, I guess, but that's just because I think our brains are set up to be well, visual. You have to, you have to worry about what you're wearing. And, yeah, I know. I yeah. know. I know. It may come to the Bishop's Hour someday, Bob, <laughs> and you and I will have to you know, change what, we, what we're wearing. <laughs> you should comb your hair and <laughs> do, all those, do all those things out. And uh, you know, as we as we, uh, as we close, we want to, we we do want to thank everyone that's helped us uh, along the way as we close this show today. You know that uh, it's been twenty three great years so far, and we hope twenty three more. And we couldn't do it without the, the wonderful underwriters. Gabe, we we should make a list of everybody we've ever had as a guest. Uh, it was just some incredible guests we've had. Uh, in fact, uh, every time. Afterwards, I'll say, that was such an interesting guest. I, I learned so much, and I hope if I learned a lot that our listeners are learning a lot, uh, or I hope it's it's deepening your faith in some way. And we've had so many great underwriters, but also the listeners are the, are the, the people that make the show go. And, you know, a shout-out to our, our good friends at Radio Santissimo Sacramento, our Spanish-language sister station, which has just done such great work since they've come on board. Uh, if you want a list of all the guests we've had on, your producer's going to need an assistant. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that's a that's a that's a lot of guests over over all those years uh, with a with a, a daily a, da- a daily show. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. To the cross I look, and to the cross I cling. Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it must save you Both bruised and crushed Showing that God is love And God is just
else I'm reconciled. 